0: hello 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 and welcome to list that podcast where we list top fives of topics that we feel like making lists for uh my name is josh i'm joined by cowboy howdy and cameron how's it going and today we are going to be listing our top five dc villains uh last episode we did top five dc uh I say heroes loosely because there were some questionable uh, <clears throat> good guys, so I said top five uh, good guys in quotations. Or the, the better guys. Yeah. That's, yeah. And That's it, one way to put it.
1: Now this is the not-so-better guys.
0: Yeah. These are the dicks. <laughs> the
1: mostly not-good guys. That's,
0: yeah. Yeah, uh, depending
2: on what's on your guys' list.
0: So, yeah, uh, top
2: five DC villains. Let's jump right into this. Cameron, you want to start us off? Sure, yeah. So I'm going to start with one um, who recently I got to enjoy on screen, and I'm so happy with how he's portrayed, Black Manta. I love Black Manta. I love him in the comics. I loved him in the movie. I thought he was so much fun. Um, One thing that I really like in the comics, like I was reading the Rebirth one, and one thing I noticed is... When he shows up, the whole art style, the whole atmosphere of the comic changes. In the rebirth one, it's very colorful, and it's there's not a lot of like shadows. It's very like um, bright lighting, and then he shows up, and there's a ton of contrast, and it just everything feels darker and feels more grim. And I love him because he has this kind of like mental anguish over Aquaman and the fact that like his dad is killed by Aquaman. And he just he starts to it starts to drive him insane. And I remember in New Fifty Two they do this uh, storyline in Suicide Squad where he willingly joins Suicide Squad. Um, he doesn't have a bomb in him or anything like that, but he willingly joins to lead the team. And it's because he is trying to figure out how to stop seeing Aquaman. Everybody that he starts to see just looks like Aquaman and feels like Aquaman, and he just wants to kill Aquaman, and it drives him insane. And I just, I think he's such a fun character. I think he's a perfect villain for Aquaman. And I think he's just, he's a very, he's very, a very fascinating, like, product of a hero's rage. And I think that's interesting.
0: I think I would go crazy if I had to see Aquaman everywhere I went to. Yeah, exactly. I would get really tired of that. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I, uh, I really thought that, <clears throat> I think his design is slick, like his character's design is slick, I thought that the, um, the
2: live-action Black Manta looked awesome as hell. And they did it practically, which I was hoping yeah. for but not expecting necessarily, yeah. and that was, that was such a relief I, to see.
0: I think that's one thing that DC is starting to embrace, uh, just in general... That they have a leg up on Marvel because Marvel is becoming so saturated with CGI. So everything saturated. is CGI. And yeah. like in in Spider-Man's
2: suit, which is still.
0: But it, everything is like yeah. I know. They make it to where you're like you can't tell it's CGI, but there's obviously some things where you're like, that's totally CG, right?
2: Like in Marvel Civil War, when yeah. he's, there's a scene where he's standing and there's no shadow underneath him, which yeah. is <laughs> an issue. That's, so,
0: but like with the with the the Swamp Thing show. Um, there's practical effects right and it just i think going back to that just looks so much better you're not trying to pretend it's just there right and so i think with the black manta thing it was just it was so slick and for some reason i have this connection i connect black manta with shredder from ninja turtles (laughs) for whatever reason i don't know if there's like a viable argument that i could make for that but that's one of the reasons that I like Black Manta is just because he's... DC, maybe it's just like the cool costume designs, right? Because Shredder has a cool
2: costume design. DC needs to do that team up because that would be really cool. And that's not outside the realm, especially with, with Batman with the and Batman intros, yeah. yeah, So they they should do that. That would be a cool thing yeah. to do. But yeah, no, he's done his costume in the movie. I, I was waiting for the trailer that showed him and I was so excited for the film. It's pretty much the reason why I went to go see Aquaman is for those scenes with Black Manta, and honestly, it made the whole film for me. Yeah,
0: yeah. And you know, it is it is June of 2019, so you've probably seen the Aquaman movie by now. Um, so, spoiler if you haven't seen it, but I think he makes it out, right?
2: He does. Yeah. So, so there's going
0: to be more of him, which is very exciting.
2: Black Black Manta is one of those villains that it's rare usually I'm fine with any character dying because I think it's more interesting but because there's stakes but Black Manta is one of those villains I just never want to see die just because I'm always curious to see him come back and that's what's so much fun about him and I think he's more I I almost think he's metaphorical in that way too and I think that's what's so important about his character is the fact that he always does come back and Mm. he's like this haunting memory of of this mistake that Aquaman makes where he lets someone die or you know Kills someone in rage, and it, it's this mistake that just constantly haunts him and haunts him. And they bring that up in Rebirth, and they do a great job of that too.
0: Cool, yeah. Black Manta, solid, uh, solid number five. Uh, we're gonna jump over to uh, Cowboy here, number five, top DC villain, please. All
1: right, top DC villain, and so for me, I don't know. Looking looking back on my list, I, I kind of realized a lot of them are. <laughs> Kind of have to deal with like Batman and that that whole uh, that whole deal. So yeah, just kind of a forewarning. A lot of the people on my list do come from do come from uh, Batman's villains.
0: So well, we did talk about how Batman has been around for a while and he has pretty much fought everyone. So like, they, I mean, that's you name right. a villain. Batman's probably fought
2: them at some point. I mean, a lot of heroes that you name, they showed up first with him. I mean, one of the weird ones is Martian Manhunter showed up actually in Batman before he showed up in anything hmm. else. And the, there's just, there's so many characters. They, we were talking when we were talking about that, I mean, they throw a lot of characters into Batman comics, yeah. so... Oh, yeah. yeah so,
1: my movies. number five, I'd have to say, is Poison Ivy. I oh, definitely enjoy, yeah, her character, and just, um, well... Yeah, she she most often plays the villain, but oftentimes, yeah, you do have some runs where where she is a a ally to uh, to the heroes. But yeah, definitely just enjoying seeing her her character, just uh, what she does, and and yeah, also, well, it's somewhat of a uh, you know disrespect nature, and then nature will bite back.
0: I was going to say, she's kind of like that parallel swamp thing in like that weird way where it's like, she'll team up with Batman if somebody's going to hurt the plants. Yeah. Right? So, yeah, I think
2: that's... I, I think uh, Poison Ivy is really interesting, too. We were talking about, in the last episode, we were talking about a uh, swamp thing in Scott Snyder's run, and how he brings up the, the rot and the green and the red, and for those that don't know, the rot is like everything dead, or um, anything that like could be dead. Um, and then you have the green, which is plants, and you have the red, which is like... It's like animal life um, but, or humans and things like that. Um, there, there are more that go into that, but those are the main ones. But she's part of the green, and I thought it was a really interesting thing that they bring in because she actually has a connection to Swamp Thing because of that, and she can see him in a way that other people can't. And yeah. There's also like this disdain that he has for her because he's protector of the green, but he can't really do anything about the fact that she can also control it and I've always thought that's really interesting but she's such a fun does villain. he
0: see her as kind of like an abuser of plants that's, in a way that's what I think yeah kind that's of kind of what of, I've yeah. always
2: gotten from that is like there's using there's this, them for your own gain and, there, and yet there's still this mutual respect because honestly what she's out to do is protect the green and that's you know he kind of just lets her go about her way because he could stop her if he wanted but that's not really his goal and yeah I, she is a really good villain that's a great choice so.
0: I might catch yeah. flack to this but I did enjoy the uh,
2: Uma Thurman uh, Okay, in like enjoy as oh, so, in like so fun like, to watch. So like the out train of, out of all the villains in that,
0: <laughs> she was probably one of the better ones, right? If you put her up against Mister Freeze, like Arnold as Mister Freeze, oh gosh, <laughs> she's probably a better Poison Ivy than he was a Mister Freeze, right? Like it's not. I'm not saying. Yes. I'm not saying she's like an award winning performance. I'm just saying she doesn't have that high. I just don't <laughs> like
2: to think of that movie because I like to forget about the bat credit card. That's not my favorite thing to remember. <laughs> and not to mention how dumbed down Bane was. But in theory, yeah. she was decently done, at least for like the time that it came out. Yeah, I'll, I agree with that.
0: Cool. Yeah, Poison Ivy, good choice. <clears throat> uh, number five, top five DC villains. Uh, I'm going to go with kind of an outer, like, left field villain that I really enjoyed. So, I read the... I started reading the Supergirl Rebirth. Yeah. And the villain that popped up in it was Cyborg Superman. Yes. And, yeah, so... I love Cyborg Superman. I was fascinated because it's like... He's like the anti-Superman, right? So he's... um, And I'm speaking strictly from Rebirth Supergirl. I have no extensive knowledge about Cyborg Superman outside of that. But in that comic, he is um, uh, Supergirl, Kara, uh, Kara L., right?
2: Yeah.
0: Um, her dad. Okay. And so he is... That's interesting. They died in the, the Krypton Blast, and he comes back as, like, this robot Superman kind of thing.
2: I didn't realize that's how they did it. That's yeah. That's really interesting. And yeah.
0: so... It fascinated me because... Plus, the the whole art style of the Supergirl, like, Rebirth comic is just awesome. I just think it's awesome. And, um... So, I... You know, I, uh... I don't know. I I, I was just fascinated, and I think that... He's, like... In in that comic specifically, he's... Trying to bring back Krypton at the expense of Earth. So, she faces off... It's kind of like that thing... Uh, you were talking about in the previous episode with Superman when we covered him he may have, may or may not have made one of our lists and uh, <laughs> he uh, so but it's one of those things where she's protecting Earth and kind of turning her back on her own family yeah. in a way so you know plus he's such a cool looking character he he's like robot so cool. like,
2: It's he's yeah. so cool and so dangerous and it just <laughs> he looks terrifying when yeah. you look at him He's just he's Terminator Superman, and that's got to be one of the yeah. scariest combinations. I yeah, so say. like yeah,
0: yeah, it's Oh yeah, oh, yeah.
2: no, I love him. I love that. He's so uh, he's fun. So
0: from left field, and actually, fun fact that so the, you know, for Supergirl TV show, people um, that watch the TV show, I just you know I just googled him. His name is Hank Hinshaw, which yeah. they actually did Hank Hinshaw as. Martian Manor, like, in the story. I think it gets kind of twisted and confusing and stuff, so... But, yeah. uh, Anyway, moving right along, number four. Number four.
2: All right, so I kind of struggled when I was putting this list together. There's a lot... I I am more of a villains person, just as, like, background for me and for, like, the way I look at comics. I actually enjoy villains more than I do heroes just because the way they drive stories the kind of the interest they bring to the world and you know the danger that they bring to the world I think it's so much fun to watch and to see what those villains are going to do or how they're going to come back or what new one's going to pop up and be inspired to you know like commit these evil acts Um, Kelly is it
0: concerning when someone says they like villains way more than they like
2: heroes (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah, maybe just a little I remember I remember (laughs) I was listening to uh Kevin Smith talk and he said the same thing he said I never understand why people like villains more than the heroes and it's always surprising to me but I mean my favorite hero like in reality is like Batman which we talked about a little bit last time it wasn't my number one for a lot of reasons um but he's also in in himself he's a villain to a lot of characters he's an antagonist to a lot of like his wards and stuff like that. So yeah, I don't know. That's but I think
0: I get it. There, there's more like con- there's more like emotional and mental like conflict and stuff with the villains and stuff. Well, where they're like-
2: and and I feel like I'm really lucky because I live in an age where we're actually seeing a lot more people understand villains. So we're actually getting fleshed out backstories with them, and we're actually seeing them as people. Because a lot of times, what you get with villains is you get that they are and underneath all of that, underneath the fact that they're an antagonist to this hero or whatever. You get that they are people. And I think that's what's so important.
0: So we're not getting like I'm evil because I'm evil anymore. Right. Like.
2: Yeah. Well, and we and that's what you used to get, and you used to get like this. We talked about how Superman's perfect, and we don't like that. Yeah. And that's what I've liked about villains, I guess, since I was like young, is the fact that they're not perfect and they have reasons for doing what they're doing beyond the fact that they're wearing a cape and floating in the sky. And I think that's what's so important about yeah. them. Um, yeah. But going with that, one of this goes into one of my favorite comics written by Brian Azarello. It is um, Luther, Lex Luther is my number 4 and I struggled with where to put him on my list I actually just changed around my list because I've been <laughs> changing it repeatedly but um, but Lex Luthor is one of my favorite villains of all time not just because he's gone up against Superman but I mean he's gone up against the Justice League he's worked with the Justice League he does things for humanity but in a twisted way where he thinks he's helping humanity more than he actually is and I think that's what's so fascinating to read about him. And in Brian Azzarello's like, critically acclaimed comic book, which I have, I've read multiple times, just, it's such an enjoyable read. Um, it's so interesting to see the opposite side of the spectrum from where you'd usually see from Superman's shoulder. I remember there's this shot in one of the panels... And Superman's just floating outside of Lex Luthor's window. Lex hadn't been doing anything at the time. I mean, he's done things in the past. But Superman's floating there, and he's just staring at him with these glowing red eyes. And you see Superman as the villain in that moment. And I think that's so... It's just so fascinating to see. And Lex Luthor is just... He is just not a good person. But at the same time, he has reasons for why he's doing things. For instance, an alien invading his planet and causing massive destruction that he then wants to get rid of. I mean, he mm-hmm. has he has legitimate reasons for doing things. I just think he's so interesting.
0: The scene that you described of Lex Luthor sitting there with Superman, like just staring at him, is how I feel every time I drive by like a parked police officer. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, like, they're just staring at me like I'm gonna get you. I'm
1: like, oh. You stand for truth, justice in the American way. I didn't do anything, yeah. officer. I promise.
0: <laughs>
2: It's like, like, they don't oh. notice me
0: driving. <laughs> he's like, oh, you will.
2: <laughs> but I, you know, I think that's what's so important. And we were taught, we well, went to um, the same college, and we were taught on um, one of the writing classes that the, the villain is often the hero of their own story. And I think that's such an important thing. And I think Lex Luthor emphasizes that. I think he's just, I think he shows that aspect of storytelling. And I, I just think he's such a fun character to watch.
0: Yeah. Cool. Uh, I totally lost where we were. Where are we, cowboy? We're <laughs> on number <laughs> four. We are number four. We yes. are number four. And
1: I haven't, haven't done mine yet.
0: Yes. Yeah. That is where we are. <laughs> Cowboy. Glad uh, to
1: keep you on track, John. Number Good four. Good to know that you're running the show.
0: We started talking about cops. <laughs> like, hey, so, <laughs> my
1: number four, my number four has to be the, well, the one man who has broken Batman. Uh, oh. Bane. Oh, man. Oh so yes. yeah definitely i i absolutely love the character of bane um and yeah it's i don't know it's been it's been very difficult just kind of deciding where he goes on this list but i i would have to uh after much deliberation i would place him at number four and yeah just his first off yeah he's pretty much uh batman's foil in that he's you know incredibly strong knows how to fight and uh also in, incredibly smart where yeah batman is a very intelligent uh person as well and so yeah bane has has been one of one of the characters who has broken batman and mm-hmm. i i absolutely enjoy uh, i very much enjoyed the christopher nolan uh depiction of bane and <laughs> I know. I know that might not be everyone's. <laughs>
2: <clears throat> you guys can't see the looks, but there's looks. That's <laughs> okay. Okay. I, I oh, enjoyed. She... The... Okay. I oh, there's looks. You enjoyed Man of Steel. I okay. enjoyed the Christopher okay. Nolan. No, movies. I loved Tom Hardy's Bane. It's yes. not the Bane I wanted because it's not Bane. I mean, it's a Romanian yeah. weird. Yes, that is true. Bane, but. He is he is without a doubt like definitely a character that's like the, the Christopher Nolan one is definitely a character that's not as loved as I wish he was. Yeah. I do think they did exactly in a different way. And they did what they did at the end of Batman and Robin, which we were just talking about, which is they dumbed him down yeah. and made him a sidekick. I mean, he's like this character who's not actually as smart as he's played out to be. Yeah. And that's it's, one thing you I know, didn't and like and about it. Especially Dark him Crisis. being the pawn. Yeah, he's just the, he's yeah. just a pawn to this little girl that he fell in love with. That's kind of what it is and yeah. I I mean I know I'm putting it like really bluntly like that, but it's it's just yeah, but I do agree Bane is one of my yeah he's definitely one of my favorite villains. He's the man who broke the bat and he's in he's always interesting to see yes. show up.
0: But yes. Like kind of kind of going off of that the I think the big hold up that I had with the Nolan Bane is that Venom is always associated with Bane, right? He always has oh, those yeah. cords and yeah, everything yeah. in him, and he's always pumping venom. It's venom, right? Uh, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. The, so can, and um, not the not the Marvel character Venom. He's not pumping that into his veins, but, um, but yeah, no, actual liquid. Terrifying. No, he has uh, a venom. No, <laughs> he, one of his he powers
1: is venom-driven superhuman strength. Well, yeah, like and
0: I don't I don't remember. It's been a long time since I've seen Dark Knight Rises, but no, um,
1: yeah, he didn't really have any. He just had like
2: a. Diff- he was just
1: strong, right?
2: Yeah, like, like well, yeah, and he just had a mask head. on that, like. It helped him look like know. a respirator or something like well, that. Well, and that's one thing, actually, like you mentioned, that kind of throws you off. One thing I actually liked about Christopher Nolan's version is they turned his greatest strength into his greatest weakness because he essentially has, like, really bad asthma. Yeah. <laughs> I don't to put yeah. it like that, but that's essentially what he has in the film. He has, like, this really bad breathing problem, so he needs the mask, and mm. I thought that was really interesting. One thing I will say about Bane that I love, too, is there's a comic called Batman Venom, um, written by Dennis O'Neill, and it... It shows Batman using the same exact drug uh, as before Be- uh, Bane actually showed up. Yeah. And he's using it because he wasn't strong enough to save this little girl who dies tragically. And um, he he can't control it. He can't control himself on it. He becomes this person he doesn't want to become. And then enter Bane in what became you know the Nightfall series. And he is someone who can do what Batman couldn't. He's just as smart. He's just as trained. He has a tragic backstory. And he has all of the means and all of the money to do what he wants to do, yet he can control the one thing that Bruce can't. Yeah. And because oh, of, yeah. and he comes in and he just breaks um, Batman. Yeah. And I, I think it's so interesting. And he broke Batman. This is also a thing I love to bring up, is he broke Batman not just in a story arc. He broke him in real life in the comics. They weren't using him. I mean, he, Bruce Wayne was in a wheelchair consistently. Yeah. They had to put in a new Batman. And it changed so much that marvel and dc did a crossover and when they did the crossover with punisher and batman they had to use asriel who was in the suit at the time yeah and that's how much it changed like the story arc for bruce and it, like actually mattered yeah yeah no it's a great choice i really really love bane
0: um i will put a plug in there if you like bane you should read the uh the second run of the batman ninja turtle series he may or may not be in that
2: i need to read that still um, Actually, it is yeah, super I good i read it the first one and i loved it but i haven't yet read the second. The one. james tynan right yeah
0: yeah so the james tynan run was good the first one and then they did some like cartoony like childish one like ch- like uh the animated, animated? series
2: versus the tnt yeah yeah, yeah. Which is a really and interesting then they one. went
0: back to like the more adulty um james tynan yeah again. and um, uh both of those are really good um so yeah, yeah. Bane, uh, Bane is a solid choice. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. And I like that we touched on uh, that and not the silly Bane that was in Batman and Robin.
2: Yeah, right? and also, again, with like reading comics, I always want people, like I'm always pushing people to try and read more comics. We need more people to read them. Yep. And uh, Tom King's run on Batman, I believe it's volume two or three that he brings in Bane, and it's a really fun um, thing to read because you kind of see him as like this king like, this character at the top of his game. And I think it's really interesting. Cool.
0: All right. All right. Uh, my number four, I guess I'll just keep pulling him out of left field, guys. Um, my number four is Victor Zaz. Hmm. Victor Zaz. Okay. Um, he's a psycho. He's oh, a yeah. murderer. He's uh, But he... So, in, the, uh, in the, the Gotham TV show, the guy that plays him is phenomenal. I forgot he was in Gotham. He is phenomenal. Right. And he has made me, like, rekindle my appreciation for Victor as because... Um, and maybe he's not as charismatic as the character in Gotham is, but I appreciated that they added that, like, charismatic... he's Um,
2: definitely charismatic in the comics and I I didn't like just for me I didn't really love Gotham I didn't watch all of it Mm -hmm. but I did see Zaz and actually Zaz's portrayal is amazing amazing.
0: I saw an article um, that said Zaz is probably one of the best things about that show yeah that's true and uh yeah so every time that I see him you know a smile comes on my face and I think uh that guy the actor um should be proud
2: yeah, definitely no that's a great choice Zaz is a really yeah. interesting character also a character that showed up in uh, Christopher Nolan's trilogy as well very small part not a lot of people who don't read the comics and weren't expecting it didn't, uh, they didn't notice but he um, shows up in Batman Begins I don't remember if he shows up after that or not but uh, in Batman Begins there's a part where he is just about to kill Rachel and uh, Batman saves them that's a really interesting thing to see
0: um, Anthony, uh, Anthony Kerrigan is the actor's okay. name to give him a hmm. little uh, gotcha.
2: yeah. exposure. Yeah. Okay. So. <laughs> exposure from us, yes. Yeah. I, think, yes. I, think, I think my favorite us, version yes. of Zaz, real. just real quick. I think my favorite version I've ever seen is in the Arkham series, the games. Yeah. I really, he's yeah. got, ga- he's again he got that like that charismatic aspect yeah. to him, and I love that he's just always saving that one spot, but he doesn't really mention which spot it is. But he's saving one special spot for Batman, for Batman. Yeah. yep, because he marks up his skin. Yeah. For those that don't know, every yep. kill yeah. he it has a it has has his skin, mark, yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, good he's, choice. He's a straight-up psycho. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah.
0: All, All right. right.
2: Number three. Number three. So, again, been switching around my list, but <laughs> I, I decided number three is a character that I have recently fallen in love with, uh, both in a TV portrayal and in the comics, in the old Grant Morrison comics, uh, of Doom Patrol, which is Mr. Nobody. Hmm. God, I love Mr. Nobody. Okay. He is a satirical, just ridiculously powerful but yet doesn't use it in the proper ways character like he's just he's such an interesting villain for a group of heroes that are essentially just like like, a, like it's always described as like a group of people that are in this just long group therapy session that's essentially what they are and he's the perfect villain for that and i also love that he he does one of my favorite things in writing which is breaking the fourth wall and He's so good at it, and he's the perfect character to do it. It never feels like it's heavy-handed. It just feels like it fits with who he is. And Alan Tudyuk plays him in Doom Patrol, and it is a great portrayal of the character. He's so charismatic and charming, and you love him almost as much as you love the actual characters that you're rooting for. And I think that's what's so charming about the character. But Grant Morrison's uh, Doom Patrol run is what introduced Mr. Nobody, and he's so much fun to read in that as well. Uh, he's just, he's he's off the wall, and because he can kind of do anything, he's like, an, he's like an interdimensional character, so he can kind of do anything, so you never know what he's actually going to do, and that's what is so interesting. You can never really guess, but
0: yeah. Uh, I don't know. I haven't seen Doom Patrol yet. I know you've been telling me to see Doom Patrol for like the last I week. I wish
2: everyone to watch Doom Patrol. Watch yeah. Doom Patrol if you yeah. haven't watched Doom Patrol, cause it's so good.
0: Uh. Yeah. I don't know anything about him. I have no comment on that at all. Um, I'm assuming that is a good choice. All I know is that I looked him up, and once he possesses people, he's known as Mr. Somebody, which is very funny to me. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: that fits so well. Yeah, he's, he's just fascinating in every aspect. He's also in uh, Gerard Way's new Doom Patrol run as well. Gerard Way brings him back uh, for... It's, he doesn't really use him in the Milk Wars, but he uses him in Volume 1 or 2. Uh, and then I assume he'll probably show up in the new Doom Patrol run that's going to start up this month. I think actually. So. And we're talking hmm. comics. Yeah, comics, yeah. comics. Yeah. So.
0: Cool. Mister Nobody. Moving on to somebody else.
1: Cowboy. Alrighty. Number three. Well, for my third one, I uh, yeah thought for a while on this, and I don't know. I think it finally came down to Harley Quinn. I very much enjoy kind of her her madhouse antics and her wielding that freaking massive hammer and uh, yeah I, I definitely think that that Harley Quinn is well first off a very um, entertaining character and also a good show to the character of the Joker because it yeah it it's a vivid display of just how well just how dangerous and um, yeah how deadly the Joker is um, because yeah he's able to take um the psychiatrist harleen quinzel and well turn her into his absolutely mad psychic or sidekick who is you know head over heels in love with him and willing to uh
2: smash anyone who gets in the way you know you know what i love about harley quinn is how like she she knows that she's insane yeah, she knows that she is. She knows she diagnoses herself constantly. They don't dumb her down just because she becomes crazy. Yeah. And that's one thing that I love about the character because she's still her. She's just someone that she's actually kind of choosing to be. It's a really weird really, yeah. character and I also think she's fascinating because she actually is not a comics character originally. Um, she yeah. started in the Batman animated series and I just think I've always thought that's a really interesting thing too. She's become so dynamic. And she actually doesn't have a very long lineage. I mean, she's actually... I mean, she's a pretty young character. Yeah, well,
1: wasn't she originally meant to just be like a one-off character? Yeah, I mean, as far as as what
2: I've heard is she wasn't... When Bruce, Tim, and Paul Dini created her, she wasn't meant to be like this long-running thing, but she's become someone who's so important to DC. And almost you can't... I mean, you really can't have DC without her now because she's so important to who Joker is and honestly who Batman is too. Like, she plays such an important role.
0: My... My biggest peeve about Harley Quinn is everybody's like misrepresentation of her, right? Yeah. She's in an abusive relationship, whether she knows it yeah. or not, we get that, right? But the fact that everybody's like, I want to be in a relationship like Harley yeah, and the Joker, I, I
2: never right? understand that. It's yeah, that's, like,
1: that's going a bit too
2: far. She is not break. an example please. of a model relationship, however... Yeah, please read the comics. <laughs> please, yeah. please like, read and don't just look at posters You don't of them even have together. to read. Take
0: it from us if you're hearing this right now. You do not want a relationship like Harley and the Joker. No, it's a,
2: it's an, a, and it's meant to be abusive. Like, yeah. it's meant to be this terrible relationship where he only... He wants her. Her. he wants her when he doesn't have her or when he doesn't have anyone. And that's that's what's so, I don't know. She's it's, it's very
0: clear, I think, in the Arkham games, too, is he's very, you know, she's like, oh, what do you want me to do? And he's like, just get out of here. Like, I want you to go away. Yeah. And then, you know, it's very apparent that he just, it's, she's his luxury where he's just like, you're at my beck and call. I don't need you right now. Go away, and I'll let you know when when I'm ready. You know. Yeah,
2: and and sh- there's yeah. um she she does get a lot of dynamics brought out too. There's a mm-hmm. series or a, not a series. It's like a one shot that came out. Uh, Batman White Knight is a great comic book. It's more like a political thriller in the way it plays out, and it plays on more of the human aspect of Joker, which I actually didn't think I was gonna love because I kind of like the chaotic side of that and what he means and all that. But she also is played in a completely different light and I think it's so fascinating to see um, I would definitely recommend picking that up it's really good yeah.
0: Yeah. and Terry Strong is just fantastic Tara Strong will oh, yeah. forever be yeah. just like Mark just
2: Hamill fantastic. is my Joker and Kevin Conroy is my Batman Tara Strong will forever be Hartley yeah. that's just yeah is there a voice that Tara um, Strong can't do?
1: <laughs> we were
0: watching, uh, my wife and I were watching Batman Ninja the other day, the Japanese, like, anime Batman. Yeah, I watched that too. And yeah. I was like, I don't recognize any of these characters, but Tara Strong was Harley, and I was like, that's it. Cool. it's
2: yeah. good enough for me. I think she also voices Timmy on Fairly OddPair, which does. I've always thought yeah. it's funny, because yeah. when you listen yeah. to the two voices, you can kind of hear it a little bit, and yeah. it's a little weird. But yeah, yeah. No, I, love, I love her Harley Quinn. It's just so, it's... I mean, it's just unforgettable. Like, it's, it's so good. Yeah. All, All right. right.
1: Yeah, uh, so that was my number
0: three. I like, I uh, love me some Harley. Yeah. Um, my number three is going a bit on the darker side. Uh, way darker side. With dark uh, side. My number <laughs> th- no. Surprisingly, no. My number three is Necron. Oh, actually.
2: okay, yeah. Necron. Yeah. Keep going. Keep right. going. Keep I'll going. Just, you just, uh, I'm drawing a blank on that. Really? Necron now... gave
0: us um, Blackest Night.
2: Yeah. He's... Okay. That's who I thought we were talking about. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Alright. I just um, wanted to make sure I knew who we were talking about. I really about. don't
0: know where to go from here because I was kind of hoping we'd have that connection Is because... That...
2: Isn't that... Isn't his name also... okay? I know now, because Black Hand... Black Hand was, like, his servant, right? Black Hand is the servant. That's where I was, like, drawing the blank between the... Okay. I thought
0: about putting Black Hand on there, but I felt like Necron was responsible for, like,
2: the whole Blackest Night thing, because he... Necron is the Black Right, I mean, he's the darkness that's there. Yeah, no, that's a cool pick. So, yeah, so
0: I... My God, I love Blackest Night, and the fact that, like, Necron gave me Blackest Night, I was like, he's gotta go on my list, because that was a comic that legitimately scared me to read it it was like it was horrifying yeah it's horrifying and And like the artwork in it just adds to it right like just the pictures that they they drew in there
2: and Jeff John's storytelling in that is so good and the build up to it is also huge Mm -hmm. and I what I love about Blackest Night is it's done in a world of too many zombies and that's honestly why they probably did it and all of that but what I love about Blackest Night is that it doesn't feel like heavy handed zombies it feels like there's a reason there is, and it makes sense with the rings, with the way they control things, and um, they kind of play off of that. If you've never read the New Fifty Two Earth Two series, there's a great play on the red, the green, and the rot, and also like the way Green Lantern rings work, and I think it's so fascinating. Um, if you ever get the chance, just check it out. It's really interesting. But yeah, so yeah, but yeah, Necron's a good choice.
0: Necron, uh, and, and just the fact that Blackest Night is like like superman right it's like yeah. oh crap or batman is like yeah. i love batman so much and i'm conflicted because he's like this evil undead character yeah and it's like do i root for him because i love batman or do i root for the the quote good guys because they're yeah he's being controlled like mind controlled or whatever and if,
2: if you've never read Blackest night even even if you haven't read the stuff before it just go read it if you ever get the chance it's really good and I don't want to spoil it too much but there's just there's, there's there's that moment you can bring up like Bruce and there's like the moment in there too which is so heartbreaking yeah. to watch and it's just it's such a good it's a fun ride it's scary and it's also just dramatic attention yeah. uh,
0: so we will move on to Cameron's number 2 while I continue to wish for a blackest night movie in some form <laughs>
2: <laughs> that way real quick dude, would you want it live action like it's just its own thing or would you want
0: So I've had this conversation with a few people. I think I would be okay with an animated. I think they would be able to pull it off easier with an animated. See,
2: I would want, I think, a one-shot series, like an HBO-style series. I would want something like that, something that's going to be high quality and it's going to have enough time to really tell that story. So, I think that would be important. So if
0: we're talking networks, I definitely wouldn't want it on, like, your main... Like, there's no way you could put that on, like, NBC, right?
2: No, you no. need it to
0: be dark, gritty, violent. Real
2: quick, after Constantine, please no more superhero shows on NBC. Stop doing that. <laughs> yeah. quit, quit doing that. Yeah, but no, yeah, you need the right place to tell it. DCU could work. Right, It could be a good place, but, I mean, they're focusing on so many other things. But, but we've seen
0: that with one Thing, where they take the dark, violent, gritty approach, and Titans... Yeah. Yeah. Right? and Doom Patrol, and a Doom Patrol guessing, honestly, seen, yeah, but
2: even though it's very lighthearted, <laughs> it's also very dark and gritty. Yeah. and but if the, the biggest thing for me is when they do it animated, uh, you have to do the animation right. I mean, it's like a comic book. If the yeah. art doesn't match the story, then it yeah. doesn't work. It ruins yeah. the whole work of art, and yeah. that's the problem. Agreed. And that's what I that's what I would be so worried about with an animated one mm-hmm. is whether or not we see the right type of animation. So <laughs> yeah. Like teen, that's that's like, a good choice though. Like Teen Titans Go. <laughs> <laughs> teen Titans Go to the movies is still fun enough to watch though. I'm not gonna I mean that's fair. Very... Yeah.
0: Is yeah. that your number 2 villain, Teen Titans, teen Go? Titans Go. Teen <laughs> Titans Go. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the show as a whole made my list. Oh, whoever no. whoever was the person who pitched the idea for Teen <laughs> Titans Go is the villain.
0: Cartoon Network for picking it up. Yeah.
1: They are <laughs> my <laughs> number 1 villain.
0: No. All
2: right, all right. So, number two, down to number two. uh, For me, I'm going to be going off of uh, one of my favorite characters, which is Swamp Thing and his villain, Anton Arcane, who has been slowly reworked over the course of years. He kind of started out as this mad scientist back in the Len Wine and Bernie Wrightson days, um, who originally created Swamp Thing, and then he kind of slowly is transformed into, like, this mad creature of the rot and that's what I love about him is he's the exact opposite of Swamp Thing when you get to Scott Snyder's he is the um, he, he is like the rot's protector and he's so interesting because instead of protecting them he's more about who, what he wants and he really just wants a death and destruction there needs to be a balance between life and death and he doesn't care about that he really just wants to end everything and his relationship—I mean, uh, with Abby Arcane, who is his um, like his niece or something like that—is just so like disgusting to watch and so intriguing at the same time. And he just—he made for a great villain in Scott Snyder's Swamp Thing. It's one of the best things I've seen him in. He also does uh, show up a couple times in Alan Moore's run, and he's also really interesting to watch there. He's a despicable character that you just can't help but watch. It's like watching a train wreck. Like you're just kind of staring at it because it's so gruesome so terrible. I really, really love the character.
0: Yeah, I remember reading through Swamp Thing, uh, New 52, and he was just like a terrifying... He's like undead creepy uncle, yeah. right? It's <laughs> yeah. like... But instead of like normal creepy uncle things, he just wants to like kill everything. And he's and...
2: so manipulative in how he works <laughs> and what he does. And mm. I think he's just... He's the perfect character for a philosophical character who's questioning who they are in life, regardless if it's alcohol under the planet, mm. and he's perfect to be there to make you question that even more, because he's just, he's there to kill everything and to make life not matter, and I think that's what's so interesting about it. And I think,
0: like, we talk about character design a little bit, I think his character design, like, once he becomes, like, the Avatar of the Rot, is just genuinely horrifying to look it's, at.
2: Yeah, because... <laughs> they slowly build on him too and bring him back and that's what i yeah i don't know there's just there's so much to love and hate about the character and i think that's mm. what's so interesting about him
0: anton arcane and your cat is named after him
2: my cat is named after anton arcane as well <laughs> yeah he's got the color of abby arcane's hair but we decided to name him after
0: the villain they so found fine.
2: out he was a boy and we went <laughs> we went with it anyway so anton arcane <laughs> he's He's kind of a jerk. It's fine. Let's
0: not get it's it twisted. So that was a happy accident, kind of. <laughs> I was, keep, I knew there was a possibility he would be a boy, <laughs> so we went with it anyway. It's fine. It's a unisex <laughs> name, you know. Um, no, I think that's a. I think that's a good. Uh, you know, I, I like that we're kind of going off the beaten path. I know we have a few. You're gonna have those like, you know, Banes or. Whatever, like
2: like the mainstream ones, yeah. but yeah, you do have the ones that are like cult yeah. following,
0: characters. the ones that get less light yeah. or less exposure. Yep, cool. Well, um.
1: speaking <laughs> of speaking of, yeah, ones that don't get as much light, I, I don't really know how I guess known or notable uh, this here is, but I mean, they have their own nursery rhyme, so might as well just. Solomon Grundy, born on a Monday, christened on Tuesday, married on a Wednesday, took ill Thursday, grew worse on Friday, died on Saturday, buried on Sunday. That was the end of Solomon Grundy.
0: What's funny is that's like an actual nursery rhyme, and they made this horrifying character based (laughs) off of
1: it. Oh my gosh, yeah.
2: Such an interesting character, yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, especially... Well... Yeah, one of the things that you were talking about with uh, one of your previous characters of uh, uh, previous villains that you brought up of the inevitableness of this I definitely feel that yeah Solomon Grundy is definitely uh, follows in that line just because I mean yeah Solomon Grundy is always going to come back and he's always yeah like it's going to be how he comes back is going to be a a question because is it either going to be um, you know, as, as just a, a crazy, mindless monster? Or is it going to be as like a really smart, you know, yeah, really smart guy and who, who's able to, yeah, do a lot of, wreak, wreak a lot of havoc with, uh, yeah, his his brains and brawn. And so, yeah, Solomon Grundy um, hits right there at my uh, top two. And, yeah, he's... He's an inevitable monster that we can never get rid of, and I definitely the enjoy.
0: the shrine that they have in Arkham Knight dedicated the to Solomon Grundy scared thing. the crap out of me.
2: Yeah, if you even if you just stand there for a minute, it's like the creepiest. It's like, like little kids chanting. Yeah, right? it, and it is. Yeah. And it's, it's so like. Beautifully terrifying, yep. and it just means so much to the character.
0: I'm waiting for like his hand to just come out of the ground in my living room while I'm playing the game, <laughs> and just like yeah. grab me and burn me to
2: pieces. <laughs> one thing that about Solomon Grundy too is like you mentioned, like he comes back differently. And I remember yeah. in Justice League Unlimited, the old animated show, um, there's a there there's a story arc there where I think it's Hot Girl who starts to connect with him if I remember right, yeah. and they slowly kind of actually build on. The fact that he comes back demented but it's similar to like the Lazarus pit in DC yeah. where they're coming back from the dead but that's because it's such a like strenuous journey that it just plagues your mind by mm. the time you come back in your soul and then you know playing off of that as well before that happens uh, one of my other favorite things that happens I think I mentioned to Josh recently, is that uh, he gets thrown into orbit so that they don't have to keep killing him and having him come back. So, so he's thrown into orbit around the planet, and I just have to imagine Justice League watching from the Watchtower as he just zooms by, and that's, that's one of my favorite things that they do in the animated show.
0: Do you think that would affect like the waves and stuff? Because you have like another I've mass. Wondered, there in
2: orbit. Well, and I've always wondered, are they just like like little meteorites out there just slamming into consistently <laughs> or breaking any satellites? It's just, it's such a weird way to get rid of a problem for the moment <laughs> that's awful just have it orbit that's it Superman's not always a great guy let's just put it like that but that's a great choice that is a really good choice
0: yeah. all right. um, number two um, I'm gonna have to go mainstream I put Joker as my number two all right he, I, he had to make my list he's the quintessential villain in the DC
2: universe, and he's probably the most important villain. I honestly, like he, in comics, yeah. like he's yeah. one of the most just, important villains.
0: Just the fact that he—it's—he's uh, <clears throat> it's fascinating because like he wants to kill Batman, but at the same time, he always wants to have Batman there to try to kill. Right? It's this weird like juxtaposition where like if I kill Batman, then everything I've been doing my whole life is like, what else do I have to look forward to? Right? Yeah. Um, and and not to mention, you know, the Mark Hamill voice is just phenomenal.
2: Oh, so iconic and like I can't read the comics without hearing that voice in my head. Yep. It's impossible. I mean that's he he's the charm and the charisma and the, the mixture of the deep tone laugh with like the high pitched voice is just oh, yeah. so it's haunting. And it's yep. hauntingly beautiful. And the fact that we watch that as children as well is just so <laughs>
0: And just the fact that it Explains you know, a lot of things. <laughs> One one day in the future, Joker's not going anywhere, so there's going to be a generation of people that don't have the, the Mark Hamill Joker. Yes. Right? That will be... And so that's going to be like a weird time, because we're probably going to be old enough to see that generation... I, like, well, back in my day, I don't we have had this guy, Yeah, but right? they're
2: going to see that Joker. They're going to grow up with it <laughs> right. because you have to have them. Like, you can't lose right. Mark Hamill. Yeah. And I remember learning that he was going to be in the Arkham games, and I was so excited because we got the adult Joker, mm-hmm. the one we've been waiting for. And then they said that he wasn't in Arkham Knight, and it was such a great surprise to see him mm-hmm. in Arkham Knight. And yeah, I just, I love, I love Mark Hamill's Joker. Um, yep. There's a lot of things. We yeah. could do, honestly, like we the whole the last time we had the whole talk about Superman, yep. we could do a whole one about Joker. Oh, yeah. um, one thing, you, you brought up how he wants to kill Batman. I think what it kind of boils down to, Joker's a good character study um, in terms of an antagonist. He doesn't so much want to kill Batman as much as he does he wants to break who he is. He wants to break the Bruce Wayne side of him yeah. without knowing who that side is. He's playing with the shadow there. And he likes playing with the Shadow. And I think that's what's so interesting. Yeah. The colorful character to, playing with the darkness. Yeah, he
1: wants to bring Batman down to his level. Yeah. yeah. And I I do have to say, really quickly, just a really quick comment. I, I was a little disappointed when... Uh, in the Arkham games when he came out as like the super bulked up Joker oh we don't talk oh, about man. that man no one talks about that we not <laughs> right. about that alright Joker glad that it never happened the, because um, yeah yeah it, it <clears throat> felt like it completely went against his entire character and it was just like what is, is this so and, all, like, lore
0: aside, yes. that fight, the the Venom Joker, is rated, like, one of the worst fights in video games. Yeah. Right? I've yeah. seen it on numerous lists. And right? an
2: otherwise nearly perfect game, too. Like, yeah. a game that is phenomenal and still enjoyable to play, and you have, like, boss fights like Killer Croc, where you're softly walking on platforms and scared out of your mind, and they do that. Yeah, that was... I agree. I mean, yeah. that's... yeah. It's it's like watching a chess match and then one of the players just venoms up and like smashes the other one. That's, right? that's what it was. It's like, alright, we're playing this game now. <laughs> okay, alright, you're going
1: crazy now, and you're just
0: punching. I, mean, I wouldn't mind blood. seeing that if like somebody just wrote it out and punched
2: the other chess player in the face. That's the way to start Bane in a movie, just like his chess career not working out. Just <laughs> venoming up. No, um, for for anyone who likes Joker though, or even for anyone who doesn't, again, I this earlier and batman white knight is such a great comic book uh it's a pretty new one but it, it kind of deals with joker in a different way in a way that um that i hadn't really seen before and i thought that was kind of interesting he's kind of a, a character you see a lot a lot a lot but this was an interesting version of it cool but yeah, good. yeah it's a good choice So moving right along, all right
0: to uh, number one. So
2: number one,
0: who is your top villain? My currently, I guess, could change. Okay, (laughs) so
2: I like I was saying with the last list, I was telling these guys with the last list. I there's probably infinite top fives I could make. Honestly, this is just when I'm thinking about it, these characters that I've been drawn to consistently. And we were talking about this one a little bit before, actually, and it's from one of my favorite runs on Batman ever. It is the Court of Owls by Scott mm. Snyder. It built and enriched Gotham so much by adding it. And actually, at, at Comic Con this last time, I went to a panel with Greg Capullo, who um, drew the Court of Owls, and he drew the whole Scott Snyder run in New 52. And he was talking about it, and he was saying how it was just so beautiful to see, you know, kind of how Scott Snyder built up that world and how he created these people that are just as well off as Batman, and they're just as mysterious. As well, and they have this whole just like underground world of in Gotham that they run, and they've been secretly running this whole time. And it does so well to not break what's come before Scott Snyder, but at the same time to build on Gotham City and to make you feel like there was something new to learn, just in case you had thought it was like stagnant or stilted or anything like that. Cord and they 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 keep getting used because even if they feel broken at any point, they can kinda of pull themselves back together secretly and they're always battling for control now. And I, I think it's so interesting to watch them at their peak and then watch them kind of fall and then build their way back up. I think they're really interesting villains. And we kinda of talked about it there Court of Owls itself is a villain with like multiple characters. I'm, just like, I'm fascinated of, by like that's kinda how that it goes.
0: They consider the Court of Owls to be like a villain. It's like multiple people. It's like one single entity.
2: Yeah, and in the comic too, they use this image of the owl eating the bat, and I think that's such a powerful image for what the Court of Owls meant to the whole entirety of mm-hmm. the Batman legacy, it's it's a villain that should forever live in the Batman legacy. But it's
0: also interesting because it's not a person you can kill, so it's like always going to be there, right? right? There's always going to be a successor, right? Yeah.
2: And and it's interesting to see them like kill each other because like we were talking about like you know, playing chess games, and like raging out, and that's what they feel like. They feel like just one giant chess game with like infinite pawns, and somewhere there has to be this king. Somewhere there has to be like this leader and you just never quite know who they are because even if you think you're going to find them, you don't. And that's what's so aggravating and so horrific about them. They're just, they're, they're, they're so interesting.
0: My yeah. only comment is they have cool masks. They do have <laughs> great masks too. Oh,
2: yeah. They have really, really, yeah. Greg Capilla did a great job drawing that series. Um, it's so
0: beautiful. Actually, the Court of Owl makes an appearance in Robin War too. And I really enjoyed yep. that run. Yeah. With the, um, if you haven't read that, I would recommend... That's my comic plug. They're the
2: cover of Robin War, I think. I think so, yeah. yeah, yeah that's the like the second issue or something is like, like that? Yeah. yeah. Him, yeah. Um, yeah. Um,
0: but that's my plug. If you haven't read Robin War, it's it's very good. And Court of Owls is in it. Cool. All right. Cowboy, who is so, your number one villain?
1: Yeah, moving on to my number one villain. He's, well, kind of, sort of a villain. In the sense that... Um, it's Lobo, and I don't know. There's just something about his character that I just absolutely love. I, I very much enjoy that aesthetic of <laughs> yeah, the guy who just gives no shits, and he's just there to to take people in, and uh, yeah, he's a bounty hunter. It's like sometimes he can be considered, I guess you could say, an anti-hero, but at the same time, I don't know. I'm I'm putting him in the villain category for this. For this list, um, and yeah, just saying, he's well, yeah, he's probably one of my favorite DC characters. Uh, just everything about him, I,
2: I love so much. I, I do love him too. I'm actually trying to catch up on the Krypton series from Sci-Fi just because they put Lobo in the second season, and I want to see it. I I love the character. He's really interesting. You, you know, we were talking about it earlier whether or not he's a hero or a villain or an anti-hero. Or if he's just a guy, and it, it's kind of you know. I can see any argument really for him because he's been so many things at one time. We're also talking about someone who killed off his entire race. He by hand killed off an entire planet of his own people. And that in itself, you know, him definitely is one of the best villains out there. Oh,
0: yeah. I'd, I'd probably want him on my team. That. Right. <laughs> if, that's... if I was going to put together a team, I'd probably go and be like, hey Lobo. Yeah. I, I, I feel like what? I
2: wouldn't, because I feel like he'd forget that I'm there and he's supposed to be protecting <laughs> me, <and> I would <laughs> just die anyway. He'd go off to fulfill a bounty, and I, I just <laughs> you by die. He was in Injustice, the first Injustice game, yeah, and a man, yeah, he was so much fun to play. Oh, yeah. He was so, so perfectly done, so much fun to use. No, he is a great character. He really is. Yeah.
0: Solid, solid choice. Well, thank you. Um, cool. So, my number one, my uh, top... DC villain. I've been obsessed with this guy um, since I guess I found out who he was and kind of started researching the character. Scarecrow. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay. Something about like the fear toxin and just like his... like So the the mask in Arkham Knight where it's like so do his face or whatever is like one of the scariest things I've ever seen. Right? It was just like Mm-hmm. Yeah. it's so gross it's so grotesque it's so scary and um, even like the animated series one that's kind of like goofy and not s- necessarily scary I don't know if they are trying to like make him scary but it was like
2: you quirkily know. charming yeah and <laughs> yeah. yeah. just He's... like squirts
0: fear toxin right? <laughs> yeah he but yeah yeah so I think I really, really, really started appreciating him when I came across him in the Arkham games. Yes. And uh, like that really solidified that he was like my favorite. I was like, this guy is awesome.
2: He, yeah. to me, has not gotten enough love, yet yeah. I am really actually disappointed with how he ended up being used in the Christopher Nolan trilogy because I don't feel like he was utilized enough. Mm-hmm. He's He was a good side character for Batman Begins, but because he shows up in all three films... I feel like we needed something more he's Scarecrow in film one yeah. and after that he's just some random guy that's been beaten by Batman Yeah. and he is such a great villain he's I mean he's like the antithesis of fear I mean he just Mm -hmm. is he embodies it and that's what Bruce is trying to embody as well and I can't remember who it was I think it was one of the Batman animated series creators who said that they felt like Uh, Scarecrow is the perfect villain for Batman, even over Joker because of who he is and kind of what he's going for. And the fact that he experimented on his own students as a college teacher is terrifying. He locked them in cells and experimented on them. I think that he
0: uh, the scary thing for me uh, like if I was Batman is that he can access his fears better than Joker can. Like he can get into his head easier than Joker can, right? And, where he can shoot him with a fear toxin, and you know he's probably going to see his parents. And what's so <laughs>
2: terrifying about that is he doesn't care what your fears are. He just wants you to live them. Yeah. And that's that's it. He wants you to relive them over and over and over again. And that's what's so terrifying about it. And I loved... I did love in Batman Begins the, when you first see that interaction between them, and Bruce gets hit with that. And he just ends up going out a window on fire, and I think it's such an important... I think it shows how strong of a character he can be. Yeah. No, it's yeah. A, my, he's a
0: great villain. My only argument with Scarecrow is that he's... He should have developed, like, an anti-venom to his own fear toxin, right? Like, yeah.
2: He always upgrades he it, always, though, to be fair, too.
0: But he always, like, that's always how he gets taken down, right? It's like, oh, look, I'm just going to turn your hand into your face and shoot you with your own fear toxin. Well, I don't know if it's you remember. like, remembered. I didn't think
2: about this. Do you remember <laughs> the Charles Soul Swamp Thing? So after Scott Snyder was doing Swamp Thing, Charles Soul took over. And um, he did an interaction between Swamp Thing and Scarecrow. It's one of my favorite interactions they actually made it into the Injustice 2 game as part of their dialogue. Okay. And it, yeah. He's he hits him with fear toxin and it's just this moment where Swamp Thing just says I'm a plant. That's <laughs> <laughs> like he can't do anything about it because it doesn't he doesn't absorb any any of that. He can just put it back out. And it was just such an interesting. He's always interesting to watch when he shows up. And yeah, in the Arkham games his sections of gameplay in Batman Arkham are some of the most memorable yes. because you yes. weren't expecting them and he kind of just comes at you and then it changes the whole play style of the game for yep. those sections. Really interesting character. Cool. Yep.
0: yep. So, All scary, right. scary scarecrow. So, so now we are
2: honorable mentions. Moving so on. my honorable is a very, this one is kind of going deep into the comics. Uh, I'm actually pulling from Scott Snyder again. He's one of my favorite writers in DC, so I pull from him a lot. Um, he wrote uh, The Black Mirror for DC, and this is when Dick Grayson was Batman. It was very—it was a mixture of this dark uh, world, but this lighthearted character trying to embrace it. And within that series, he brought in James Gordon Jr., who is uh, 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 Commissioner Gordon's son, And he brings him back after he's been gone for years, and there's this whole backstory that he brings up about the possibility that James Gordon Jr. had actually killed this little girl when he was younger. And it's this extremely dark story. It's terrifying to read, and you're, like, on the edge of your your seat the whole time you're reading it. And James Gordon Jr. is just terrifying to watch because you don't – he's a regular guy. He doesn't exist in the world of superheroes. He doesn't exist in the world of Batman, really, even. He just exists in the world of, like, normal people. And someone that you never really had thought about. And especially being a part of the of Gordon's family, he is so important to the light heart of Gotham, because he's part of Commissioner Gordon's lineage. And Commissioner Gordon is, like, the heart of Gotham. And that's what's so important to the villain. And he's just... It, it brings up a lot of dark questions for uh, Dick Grayson throughout the comic and for Gordon as well. And it's just, it's hard to like watch it progress and see how it tears apart people. And also, you know, you have Barbara Gordon who is Batgirl and also she's his brother. And it's, it's so hard to read it and to just take it all in and be encompassed in this beautifully done art and this world that's just so vivid. Um, but he's if you've never read it Batman Black Mirror is one of the darkest things that Batman's ever been um like one of the darkest things that you one of the darkest stories that I've ever read of Batman and it's not even Bruce it's Dick Grayson which I think is what makes it a little bit more like horrific
0: and this was Dick post Robin
2: so this is, yeah, So Dick, this is actually Dick Grayson in his Nightwing phase. Uh, Damien actually is in this. Yeah, um, and he comes back. Is this when, he this has, when
0: Bruce is Bruce dead?
2: is, so there's this weird storyline where Bruce book? kind of dies, and then you kind of find out, I won't go too much yeah, into it. Yeah. Um, there's a lot to go into there. <laughs> uh, but he kind of dies, and then he goes, he's actually hey. on like, this mission that he needs to be doing for something else, something gotcha. for a bigger event later in D.C., and because of that, so he's again Dick out of commission in. in the comics. So they had to fill in they can't not do Batman comics, so they fill in detective comics with uh, with Dick Grayson. Yeah, because we don't
0: care about Nightwing, right?
2: Yeah. I mean, <laughs> honestly, one of my favorite things I've ever read, and, and I've read it in multiple, there's also a Batman Robin series with Dick Grayson and Damien, and it's it's so much fun and it's so dark to read. And because you because you can like empathize with who dick grayson is and how human he is in this world you kind of get a better feel for gotham and the weirdness of the world but yeah james gordon jr is by far one of my favorite um like side like smaller villains that have ever shown up and like just like a one shot i think he's so interesting
0: i did not know james gordon jr was a thing so i <laughs> learned something So thank you for that. It
2: also creeps me out because he is in Christopher Nolan's series. And while they never even went remotely with that story, I just like to think of that idea of this little kid that I see on screen as being (laughs) like this terrifying killer. And I think that just, it adds a little bit of dimension. Like once you read the comics and watch those movies, it's so interesting to see. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Cool. Alrighty. My honorable mention has to be Danny DeVito. I mean, the Penguin, okay. but I—I I don't know. I—I I have to say, like, well, I, I very much enjoyed Danny DeVito's portrayal of the Penguin. I—I—I I, I think that he's a difficult character to take seriously because, yeah, I mean, well, yeah, the Penguin. He has the whole shtick of of. Kind of being somewhat ridiculous especially yeah um in a lot of the the comic stuff like that having just a horde of penguin minions that are just like carrying guns and the movie
2: did fantastically (laughs) by the way they strapped (laughs) a bunch of bombs to penguins and had them walk around a cityscape yeah
1: so um and i mean i also just love danny devito so i definitely think that he he absolutely did an amazing part in his role and uh yeah i i have to say that he's he's one of the characters that i found um very entertaining i i know there's probably other um other villains that i've enjoyed that that deserve honorable mentions but i mean as far as it goes i i definitely think that the penguin for me gets an honorable mention
2: the penguin deserves it yeah.
0: <laughs> i think that the yeah the the character design of Danny DeVito's penguin was Grotesque. It was disgusting. And I think that's kind of what, like, Oswald is. Like, he's high... I guess he's high class. He's, he's got the British accent, right, or whatever. And I think just making him, like, this round, <laughs> gross the, the thing...
2: Th- the thing about Tim Burton's bringing up of DeVito's Penguin, the thing about Tim Burton's <laughs> movie I think that haunts me the most is the weird sexual scenes between <laughs> Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman and Danny DeVito's Penguin are some of the most awkward and creepy things with like the leather that's moving and so just
0: it's creepier than Danny DeVito in Always Sunny because he's pretty damn puts creepy she a and bird then...
2: in her mouth and he's like sitting there like staring and just like watching <laughs> and then she just like pulls it back out like it's there's and then he bites off someone's fingers it's I don't know if Danny DeVito played the Penguin or if the Penguin played him. I really can't <laughs> decide on that one. Exactly. It's,
1: so it's one of those like perfect matchups that it's... it's yeah. Among, among some of the other roles that Danny DeVito was born to play, I definitely think that he was born to play the Penguin. And, and yeah.
2: Yeah. I think the Penguin, too. He's also a good showing of kind of the opposite life of Bruce. He yeah. was rich. And he, you know, Tim Burton's filmed it a little bit differently, but in reality he grew up rich and he kind of had everything he wanted and he went to the other side of that yeah. because of his problems. Because Bruce is also deformed in his own way. Yeah. And that's, you know, I think that's what's so interesting about the character.
0: Well, I'm glad that we covered all the Batman villains because my honorable mention is Riddler. So... Oh, <laughs> uh, I, was, I, was, I
2: thought about Riddler, so, actually. yeah,
0: we pretty much nailed all the main... <laughs> Batman villains, right? We like I Batman, think. okay? All right. all right. Enough of that. All right. We get it. You like Batman. Um, no, I think Riddler, I don't know. He he didn't make my list, but he's up there. He, I th- just think like the fact that he's genius, I like I like watching all the gadgets and all the riddles that he comes up with and
2: um, Jim Carrey and tights. Oh, come on.
0: <laughs> Um, No, actually, the 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 actor that plays him in Gotham is pretty good too. Oh, you bring up Gotham. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just I don't know. He doesn't have superpowers, right? So he's one of those villains that uses his wits. He's a genius, so he uses what he has at his
2: disposal, and and he's always going to lose because he's building himself to lose. He's too smart for his own good. He wants to lose at the end of the day. That's you always talk about like what the character wants, and maybe they don't know what that want he is. Wants he wants Batman to beat him. Yeah, he doesn't know that he wants Batman to beat him. He's so like depraved in his own way that he really doesn't understand that. But he does. He wants to lose. Scott Snyder's again. I, I'm always bringing it up. If you guys ever get tired of I just smack me? Um, but his zero year brings in Riddler, and it's I just one of the best. Him. It's one of the best. <laughs> Riddler stories you'll ever read. I mean, it, it actually brings Riddler into a light where he feels like he's dangerous, and I think that's what's so good about it. Um, and then, of course, there's always Jim Carrey's performance, which is... is Who? <laughs> hey, I... You know what? You want to talk talk about campy fun, Jim Carrey is the Riddler is some campy fun. It, it honestly just is. Mm. That whole movie is so odd. Speaking of Dishonorable... Um, <laughs> Speaking of dishonorable,
0: <laughs> no. mentions, moving, moving right along. Sorry, Jim you know, Carrey. I do like you as an actor. I just this wasn't. S- I don't know. It's,
2: uh... I debated on my dishonorable, and this one is really funny because Josh, you joked about it earlier, but I was already on my list. Joker is my dishonorable mention, hmm. and there's a reason why Joker is my dishonorable mention. It's because he is overused and rarely he does he get like does he progress anywhere. He's constantly the same.
0: He's become a one note character. He's a one note character.
2: And other than what I read in New 52, I don't see any progression out of him. And I feel like, like, I was reading Tom King's in Rebirth, and I kind of feel like Tom King was almost playing off this idea when he brought Joker back in that Joker feels like he's being played out the same every single time. Like, almost that fourth wall break where he realizes he's one note. And there's so many other villains that are just more interesting. Mm -hmm. And, like I said, like, Batman White Knight is great. It's also a different universe Joker. It's it's not the same universe Joker. He just, he doesn't, we don't get to see enough of who he is. And not that I want to. I don't, I know I've had this conversation with you, Josh. Josh, I don't, I, I see the Joker as chaotic mentality. And a, he's, he's a mental character more than he's a physical character. Mm-hmm. And that's what we see in kind of Scott Snyder's run and how he builds that and we get to see more into the dark aspects of his mind without making him human. And I do want more of that, but he is on my dishonorable mentions list because he is overplayed, he's overused, and he takes the light where other villains should. And I I'm, think that's yeah.
0: I I agree. I think that he he's kind of similar to the Riddler where you never see him just like flat out go after Batman. Yeah. He just kind of sits around and has other people do, do like do his bidding. Which is fine, but if you always do that, like you said, you're not getting anywhere. It's
2: just... He's he's always going to feel like the same thing. I mean, like I said, New 52 does it differently... Uh, death of the family is a great Joker story it had me on the edge of my seat I didn't know what he was gonna do next and I felt like I was seeing the character in a way I hadn't before
0: is that the mechanic suit Joker he was like wearing someone's face
2: yeah he's wearing like he's wearing his um, his own face like pinned on yeah cuz so another so just for background story there when they started (laughs) new 52 uh, they did a storyline with a character who cuts off people's faces and he got a hold of Joker so instead of just playing where like Joker escapes they legitimately had Joker's face get cut off and that was kind of an interesting story because then it took him out of the storyline for a whole year is
0: that where Joker's daughter came into play and that's
2: where Joker's daughter gotcha, came into play yeah. she finds the face eventually on the bank of yeah. like a river and she decides to put it on herself yeah.
0: top that marvel yeah.
2: <laughs> so but yeah but if you want to read a like great Joker Redding story
0: shield Ooh. if you want to
2: read something great for Joker and you want to feel like he's progressing somewhere read death of the family otherwise he's he's very one he's I think even Brian Azzarello we talked about his Luther comic earlier he's also known for writing Joker um with great art by Lee Romeo and he does a good job on Joker but Joker isn't about Joker. Funny enough, it's not really what it's about.
0: I think we're trying to start fights because last episode we had uh, Superman on the dishonorable Yeah, You and have Joker had Joker on your number two,
2: right? I think. Yeah. And I, I, I was mean. sitting there, like, as you had him on your number two, and I'm like, yeah, he's on my dishonorable. And it, but yeah, I mean, there's a reason. I though. get it. I yeah. do love. I do. At love least you backed it up,
0: character. and you weren't just like, screw that guy. No, that <laughs> I've heard yeah.
2: people say that too. They're like, I just don't like Joker because like I see him too much. But there's, there's more one. than that. Yeah. There is there is a real reason to that.
1: Oh, boy. Well, then. You gave such a great reason. I don't know if I have as good of a reason for mine. Um, I very much dislike uh, Zoom or the Reverse Flash. Because, because... <laughs> and, and, I mean, this, this could just be from ignorance. I, I haven't read much of the Flash comics. But it's more... I feel like it's just a copy of flash but evil and and there are so many times that I um, that I've come across yeah hero stories that are essentially just like yeah this this character is the carbon copy of the hero but bad this time and I mean I mean so so yeah like I said I might not have as good of reasons and like I said I haven't read. Uh, well practically any of the flash right. um stuff it's mostly just kind of what i've been seeing um yeah in in the different uh media portrayals of him um and stuff like that yeah he's not as interesting of a character as as i well some of the flashes other villains that he faces off against and so yeah, all right. Go ahead and no, berate I'll, me for my I'll, choice
0: before you go off on your tangent, Cameron. Uh, let me just say, I don't have much experience with, with Reverse Flash outside of um, like the Flash TV show, and then I think the uh, I think there was a comic. I think I read. I think he's in Titans, like the Rebirth Titans. I think it might be, He's in something, yeah. yeah. But um, it, I, to me, it's more. It's it's less. We're just going to make a carbon copy of this, and and it's more about jealousy. It's more about, like, he wants what Barry has, and he wants to get rid of Barry and, like, become
2: him. Maybe I'm wrong. Okay. But
0: that's kind of what I... Alright, so why am I wrong? this is a funny
2: one, because... Professor Zoom slash Reverse Flash is one of my favorite villains. You know, that's one of the funny things. about <laughs> However,
0: this. it didn't make his it, list. It, no, he yeah, didn't, I know, right? He didn't make
2: my list because again, <laughs> I can make, make like infinite top fives. But I will say he's like he's probably in my top ten, just not my top five. Okay. But I do love Flash. Flash was also probably in my top ten heroes. He just wasn't in my top five. Okay. And I, I love Reverse Flash because, for one, Reverse Flash is the reason for Flash, which I think is fascinating. Um, because okay. he's the reason why Flash loses his mom. There's a universe where that Barry never gets to experience where he had his mom and he was still Flash. He was a different type of Flash though. He was happier. He grew up differently. He didn't lose any of his parents. Yeah. He never had that tragedy. That tragedy. So Reverse Flash, in jealousy of what Flash had and how he didn't have that in the future, you know, he goes back and he ruins all of that and he changes it in a way where Barry doesn't ever even know that that's what happened. He doesn't realize that someone went back and actually changed his whole life. And then it leads to Flashpoint where he goes back and he tries to rechange his life, but it's too gone it's too far gone. Yeah. There's a there's a limit there that DC puts in. There's they put in a time limit and that time limit is so far gone by the time Barry gets back and tries to do it. So yeah. he then ruins everything and almost becomes the same type of villain that Reverse Flash is. So I think that's where Reverse Flash is interesting is he plays with the psychology of who Barry is. Barry is one of the happiest, most joyful characters to read and to watch. And when you see Reverse Flash there, it's like this instant darkness that comes over him. And this instant moment where he just kind of breaks down. Especially once he knows what Reverse Flash has done to him. And one of the most interesting things about Reverse Flash is you can't really get rid of him because there's multiple pieces of him within the timeline. So if you kill one, his... Other past self can still come back like nothing ever happened. You really can't ever get rid of him. Okay. And that's, yeah, no, I mean, I can see what you're saying. In terms of the show, I will say that Reverse Flash was, for one, underutilized and not well utilized in general. Yeah. He just wasn't super interested. And I was
0: saying, I'm, I'm assuming Cowboy didn't know the extent of that episode. No, backstory. no so if I you know. Take yeah. it for face value, it no. looks like. The opposite of Flash, right? And he's just trying to beat Flash, because like especially he's the opposite of Flash, especially in the
2: name because it's Reverse yeah, Flash. Exactly. it's
1: like Okay.
2: No, I do agree with that. It just goes back. I'm just going back into what I say, which is always yeah. like, read the comics, everyone, because I do love what the comics do. Um, yeah. New 52 did a weird thing where Professor Zoom and Reverse Flash are different people. That's a weird thing. But um, but yeah, the show from what from if I take it from the show's perspective, especially and not going off the comics very much, then I can definitely see that. One thing I will say about Flash too. The show itself gets a dishonorable mention for me. Because I mean, every that's Every main villain is a speedster. And when everyone is rich, no one is. I don't care when Flash yeah. is a speedster. If everyone else is, why not just make the whole city speedsters? Yeah, that's, so that's, yeah, yeah. That, that's,
1: that's essentially kind of the place that I'm coming from, is essentially. Well, all right. <laughs> not to bring up the uh, hated rival, but Marvel. Um, like, one of the issues that they have is a lot of their characters are just, hey, alright, we have Iron Man. Who's going to be the villain? What about. Other Iron Man. <laughs> all right, this person, like, all right, you've uh, never
0: met yourself before. Yeah.
1: No? All right, we have. Uh, yeah, we have the Black Panther. Who's gonna be? Who's gonna be his villain? Um, other Black Panther. <laughs> I will
2: say that's what I love about the original Iron Man movie is they're like, who's gonna be the villain? It's gonna be Iron Man, but in his suit that wasn't as good. I wonder who's gonna win then. I wonder who is it gonna be—the clunky tin can <laughs> suit or is it gonna be the nice pristine Porsche? Like. Yeah. Who's Gonna win here. <laughs> Who's gonna win this drag race? This Yo, guy this one <laughs> and that's what the show does make it feel like, honestly. Yeah. Which is funny to me because I know Jeff Johns doesn't write the scripts. I guess he doesn't he writes the stories, which mm. is interesting. Yeah. Because he's the reason why Barry came back in a time where I got to grow up with Barry instead of Wally. Because yeah. Barry, this is one thing that DC did that I will forever love them for. They have a tendency to, like we talked about Bruce Wayne, he gets his back broken, he's out of commission in the comics. Like legitimately, he is, he's in a wheelchair whenever they show him. Yeah. And that's one thing they did with Flash in Crisis on Infinite Earth which is an older one by I think Marv Wolfman and George Perez I, I know George Perez I can't remember the other one but um but it's one of, it's a great book if you've never read it it's older I'm gonna spoil it for you um, because it's just it's so old now but flash saves everyone and he runs so fast that he literally runs himself like to dust like wow. he, he ages <laughs> himself by running as fast as he has to run hmm. and it, it kills him and he's out of commission for in the comics from that point until Jeff Johns brings him back to life way later, it's like it's like over 14 years or something down the line he's gone, he doesn't exist anymore, one of the founding members of Justice League and I think that's something that's so interesting and that's something that the show has not really earned at all, they yeah, don't earn anything like that and I think, yeah, but no, I can see your point on some of it, I just, yeah, I wanted to bring up the comic version yeah, and I
1: mean, I mean, that's fair, I, I definitely didn't, yeah, realize you know, just, yeah um <laughs> the significance of the character yeah um yeah because obviously like i said going off the show it it definitely makes him feel like oh okay
2: yeah here we go that that said too reverse flash is one of my favorite flash villains he however to me is not always the most interesting flash villain so there is that kind of
1: yeah
0: this is a learning show I learned about James Gordon Jr. You learned about Reverse Flash, And
2: also, this is apparently a show where every time Cowboy has a dishonorable mention, (laughs) we're just going to go back and forth for a while. I like
1: bringing up controversy. Ironically,
0: my dishonorable mention is also an opposite. Um, I put Bizarro as my dishonorable mention because I prefer him as... Bizarro in like Red Hood, like as an ally, yes. instead of just an idiot Superman.
2: Right? Okay, I, I will say Bizarro. <laughs> I so agree. Bizarro, Bizarro World's a fascinating thing that they built in DC because it's got like Bizarro Lois and stuff. It's a really like opposite, weird like opposite thing. World, it's the kind planet of planet of like opposite everything. Hmm. It's so fascinating. But yeah, I do agree. I'm happy you brought up the Red Hood one because Bizarro and yeah. Red Hood is it's is um, awesome. Yeah, it's so awesome. much fun to watch. He's like. He's just, he's hilarious, but he's also heartbreaking. You can and connect to him, yeah, you yes. can connect with him, yeah, because mm.
0: he's like, yeah. he's like a big ape, and you're he's like, like an, I want to love you. He's like <laughs> an idiot Superman. Yeah, that's what I say, yeah, but he's, he's an idiot he's it's Superman, fun, yeah. and, yeah. yeah. But it's like, it's, but it's fun when he's like the good guy idiot Superman, right, instead of, instead of just being like, me, smash, like, he's like the Hulk.
2: Well, yeah. And I always thought it was stupid with bizarro because it's it's like he does the opposite of what he thinks he's supposed to but like (laughs) doesn't that mean you can honestly like red hood proves it you can just convince him to do something like don't do good things so then he was gonna do like good Good things things. that's that's what he's gonna do (laughs) like you don't need to throw him through a building clark you can just talk to the guy that's but yeah
0: i just felt like it's like like
2: you said it's like
0: who is Superman going to face off this time? What about opposite Superman? Yeah, <laughs> it's right? like, come on guys, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know it's the 80s or whenever he was created and there's lots of pot and drugs and stuff. but
2: yeah. on, on that note, though, talking about opposites, we didn't really bring her up. And I want to bring it up before we end this episode. You know this episode this is, is very running long. long. <laughs> you might need to shut this I right don't we'll figure it out. Um, but I want to bring up the opposite Batman which is a character mm-hmm. a, a character that I look at as, as as opposite Batman which is Catwoman and I think that's such an interesting dynamic because she is yeah. almost exactly what he is mm-hmm. in, in that way and what I love about her is she's she even though is kind of a clone of what he is and what he means in a way she's played off so differently and she's been yeah. consistent from the very first time she shows up back in like 1940 she has stayed consistent mm. she's never changed yeah. she is the exact person that she but is but she's still interesting and she's still interesting and that's different than the Joker which I, think, right. which I find fascinating yeah. there's always elements to her that you figure out there's always a way to connect to her mm. but at the same time she's always going to be who she is and I think that's so important
0: I thought about Catwoman when I mentioned Riddler and I was like we covered all the Batman villains yeah. and I was like Ahh.
2: sometimes yeah. that's all I'm saying is sometimes those copies those it's just reverse whoever yeah. those are good copies yeah some it's it yeah. is so But rare. we just
0: pointed out the ones that we don't like. That is so <laughs> rare, well, though.
2: I, I, think, I think there's also...
1: I mean, yeah, so so yeah, she is very much a copy, but I, I also think that she's... has enough to make her unique, or at the very least, you know, different enough to where it doesn't look like, oh, that's just... That's just... Reverse flat, you know, like yeah. it's yeah, there she has her own style, she has her own uh methodology, and and well, she's a cat, he's a bat. It's one of those that, um, yeah, you find uh, at least I know that I find difficulty when they essentially take the character and it's yeah, it's just like exact yeah, yeah. and, and you carbon copy, it's yeah. so obvious. So, so, yes, I, I agree that Catwoman. Yeah, is is, yeah, practically Batman, but at the same time, yeah, there's also enough style points. We we should difference.
2: also do a list where we do it between Marvel and DC. And don't just choose one because like, yeah, now that I'm thinking about it, like there's so many like Hulk and Abomination. Literally just like oh, yeah. Abomination is an Abomination yeah. of the Hulk. That's literally what he is. It's in the name, and especially the original version, it's green yeah. too, which nice. I find funny.
1: And there's like what Doomsday, and then uh, oh, what's his what's his opposite? There's like oh gosh I can't remember
2: there's just like there's so many but different yeah. opposites and it's just it's
1: well
0: I think that we should wrap this we up we should wrap this
2: up yeah uh, right Josh oh I know yeah you covered yours I orange.
0: did yes um, and we got an extra dishonorable well not dishonorable Catwoman, woman but just we, an, extra an extra subject mentioned.
2: Yeah. she deserves it yeah. she's been yeah. so important
0: um well, so yeah, this is made been... it this far, yeah, thanks for sticking through yeah. uh, this debate. Over... We hope you learned something. Uh, James Gordon Jr. is a serial killer. Um...
1: Reverse Flash has a
2: backstory. He's not <laughs> just a carbon copy. Good to That's know. That's
0: better than the uh, CW show. Yeah, right. Um, Maybe yeah.
2: just because we've been pushing people real quick, just because we've been pushing people to read some of the comics too. We've been talking about that. Put some links to it down like below this as well, like on Facebook.
0: Depending on where, I, yeah, depending Just, on where, I yeah, like it on again.
2: Facebook or whatever. Check our Facebook page. Put something up so you can kind of see some of the comics we're talking about. Yeah, yeah
0: but yeah. All right. Uh, again, like always, let us know if your your list made our list. What characters made your list? If uh, if we jacked it up somehow, tell us where we went
1: wrong. Yeah. I'm sure you love to post long comments. About I know them. the
0: last episode, someone's gonna hate us for doing Superman. Someone's I'm sure gonna hate someone's. to hate Joker. Yeah.
1: Nope. Apparently, someone hates me for a verse. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 like,
2: yeah, I know.
0: Uh, Heath Ledger's Joker was not that good. Um, we'll see you in the next episode, and uh, thanks for listening.
2: See you next time. Oh, wait,
0: uh, yeah. Real quick, for me, I'm Josh.
1: I, I'm a Cowboy. I'm Cameron.
0: <laughs> see you next time.